This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Welcome everyone to this Gallinac Master Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, I'm your host and Foggy, co-host, is here as well. How are you doing, Foggy? Very well, thank you. Yeah, very good. Good, good. So what have you been up to since we last spoke, Foggy? Uh, I think this week's just merged into one. I, I, I think I mentioned I picked up some, um, some temporary work, uh, just driving people around and, and shuttling people and... I think it adds up to around about 35 hours worth of driving this week, uh, up and down the Central Otago Rail Trail and down to places like Lawrence and Queenstown and um, uh, Roxburgh. And that. it's, it's been really good. A lot of pick people from all over New Zealand um, still still holidaying around this area. So it's, it's been real busy. Oh, and 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 here's here's one. I, we dusted off our road bikes last weekend. Um, which we haven't been out on for months because we've been doing a lot of gravel and mountain biking. And um, sorted the road bikes out, went for a road ride, which was cool, just for a change. How far did you go? No, I wasn't far. It was only about 50k. But, um, yeah, I, 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 the way the setup is here, I mean, where I live, to, to put any more distance in than that, you're generally having to go onto the state highways. And although the traffic is not... English traffic, it's not busy. You still get the big tr- trucks coming past you and stuff. So, it, you know, it's um, that's why we prefer the off-road uh, gravel riding yeah. and whatever. You put. But it was nice. It was nice to get the bikes out. I mean, we've got these reasonably uh, good carbon road bikes that we used to do an awful lot of road riding when we were up in the North Island with with bunch you know bunch riding. So it was just nice to get them out again. Great. So you're coming yeah. back to the road. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm coming back to the road, but it's nice to have a change. <laughs> I, I actually ride with them. Um, I was even going to go bigger than this, but I ride with 28 tyres. Um, so I just, it, I just find it, I think a lot of people around the world are starting to go a little bit wider, you know, certainly 25s. So, I find it a little bit more comfortable with my weight. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's, um, it's funny how these trends go, isn't it? Because it was... Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. It was all twenty threes, and even right. you know, even um, slimmer than that in some cases. And now it's yeah. all the evidence seems to say actually you're just as fast, and it's a lot more comfortable and stable when you get out to twenty yeah. fives and even twenty eights. So I think some of the pros now even race on twenty eight tires yeah, as well. They so, do, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. my bike actually came with twenty eights, and I changed them down to twenty fives. Um, and then I've decided to go back up for just for the comfort, you know, on the on the chip seal roads and stuff. And I actually yeah. really like it. Um, uh, my wife still rides twenty fives, and I can't persuade her to go up, to go up, but she she just likes it. She's on a Pinarello. Um, uh, it's, it's a nice bike. And, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's all. Yeah, I've also for the last eighteen months on my road bike gone tubeless oh, as yeah. well, yeah. which has been which. 
I think my my experience of it's been it's been mixed. I mean, overall, definitely better. Yeah. But mixed because when things go wrong, um, it's such a messy job to <laughs> sort it out. And I had I had it um, had it recently actually, where I got a a puncture on. So I have tubeless on my cross bike and on my road bike. But I was on out on my road bike a few weeks ago, and I got a puncture in the in the rear tire, and I was just in the middle of doing an interval. <laughs> towards the end of the rides and I thought I'm just going to keep that's the advantage of tubeless because it yeah. does it yeah it, it did actually seal eventually but it was really low pressure but I could still keep going I mean it slowed me down yeah. a bit but um, I could I could keep going out by the back <laughs> you know you just get this sensation of wobbling about on the on on the back of um you know from, from the puncture on the back wheel Absolutely. um but then but then so when I when I got back home I thought oh, yeah look that's sealed it's great so I pumped it up and I thought I'm just going to go out and just make sure it's okay and when I went out it just went down straight away right and yep. it was completely flat and then I looked at it and there was a there was quite a big hole I tried to like you know you get these yeah. the kind of rubber bungs that you stab into it so I did that um, and that didn't that didn't work um, either so I thought this I'm giving up on this so I just had to get some new tires with it um, so of course you have to take the tire off and the seal yeah. it everywhere so it's a it, yeah. when it when it goes wrong when you get a big puncture like that it um, it's a mess but yeah yeah over overall I think just the the feel that you get um, on the um, on the bike is um, is is excellent on the tubeless, and you do get less punctures. Just yeah, as I say, oh, definitely. Get a Same as mountain biking. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, if you can get that set up. I was trying to get um, uh, my wife's uh, uh, gravel bike set up as, as tubeless because we were just trying to upgrade it a little bit, but we couldn't get a seal on the on the rims, so it would have meant you know a whole new set of rims and stuff. So it was just getting a bit expensive. So yeah. we're stuck with tubes at the moment. Um, yeah, it does make it a little bit lighter as well, doesn't it? You know, not a huge amount, but a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, I tell you what, it's a great when, when you put new. I got the so I got new road tires, Hutchison um, tubeless tires, and yeah. it was a bit you know a bit a bit of hard work to get them onto the the tire onto the rim, um, but eventually you know they just a few minutes went on eventually, and then. Pumped up beautifully, no no extra pressure required. They just yeah, and you know yeah. that lovely that lovely yeah. sound that they make yeah. when it just goes on. It just um, pops on, and yeah. they sealed. They they went on straight away. So um, when I put sealant in, it, obviously, but they didn't need sealant to to stay mm. uh, to kind of fix it to the rim or anything. So yeah, they're they're real good tires. They're, yeah, they're excellent. Yeah, yeah, really pleased mm-hmm. with that. And um, so yeah, over over the last week, I well, I, I tell you, I mean, I know I go on about the weather. And I can't. I have to tell you about this. So <laughs> last Saturday, I I went out for a, a longer, longest ride. It's about two and a half hours, and did some intervals towards the end of it, kind of thinking that racing and events are going to start here in the not too distant future. So starting to think about that, um, and just so I'd done, I'd done about an hour and forty minutes, and I could see. I saw this dark, these dark clouds heading towards me. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get wet, but yeah, that's all right. I don't you know? not long to go and I'm going to do some intervals so I won't really notice it very much um, and I was just about to start doing intervals and this hailstorm started with these great big like big chunks well, of hail yeah and I was um I was just I was on this road where there's no cover so I had nowhere to go I, right. there's nowhere to hide from it <laughs> and I got absolutely pelted by these this hail storm and I was going to think what's what it so I just started the interval I thought what well, you know I'm, I might as well yeah. Um, and it eased off a bit, but for the for the, the remainder of that session, all the way home, I just got hailed. You know, it's like, wow. ah. so you're bruised. 
Was it was it big enough I, to bruise you? I had a few marks on the back. It was well. It was on my. I had so many layers on because it was quite. It was oh. quite cold anyway. That 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 wasn't so bad. But yeah, I had like kind of little marks on the back of my neck. Um, and if, you know when I was kind of turning, when I had to turn into it sometimes, like I had like, marks on my face as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very nice. No. Um, but yeah, that's the oh, joys of cycling, it, isn't it? Absolutely. I just suddenly flashed through my brain. Then I don't know if I've ever ever asked um, you this, but because I, I can't remember from the UK, do you get a problem with mag- magpies attacking cyclists? No, not heard that one. No, right. So it's a it's a strange phenomenon here. Um, when I first moved over to New Zealand, it was about fifteen, no, nearly fifteen years ago, and I, I used to. See, well, I lived in a place called Manawatu, which is really rural New Zealand, uh, and there's some really good cycling roads out there, some you know country roads, and I'd see these cyclists with what I thought were antennae sticking out of the top of their helmets. And I couldn't pick it. It was just strange. You'd see them with two, three, four, five, um, what looked like, you know, uh, antennae. Um, turns out what it, what they are is cable ties that some cyclists put on the helmet because there is a problem in some of the rural places in New Zealand where you get attacked by magpies when they're, when they're uh, nesting at some certain time of the year. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't really believe this until it happened to me. And... Um, riding around um, the valley where we used to live and this the sun was behind me and suddenly in front of me there's this huge shadow with these massive wings I thought it was going to be taken by an eagle and it's just a magpie and they come down behind you and they swoop and what, what reminded me there was you saying about the marks on the back of your neck but they come they come down behind you and they peck at your helmet or they peck at your neck um, and it, it has caused crashes um, you know cyclists falling off but it, I've, honestly I've never seen it before until we moved here and it is it is a fairly big problem um, so yeah so it's um, you don't see as many cyclists these days with the antennae because it does look stupid but, but <laughs> at, the end, you know, at the end of the day it is a it is a, a genuine um, uh, I've never heard that that's that's very funny oh the, the, yeah the, the, the horrible magpies as well they're not um, they're not they're, they're a little bit more um, white, they're black and white like English ones, but they're a bit more uh, white in them. Um, and I think a little bit bigger. Um, and they, they, they're horrible, they're very clever. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're very clever birds, but they're horrible. <laughs> well, it's, but it's kind of think I'm kind of thinking, yeah, it's New Zealand All Blacks rugby. I think these magpies have been watching the All Blacks team because <laughs> they're, yeah. they're they are they are hard guys, aren't they? They don't take yeah. any prisoners, so oh, come no, near they... me and I'll take you out. So um, yeah. yeah, maybe the magpies have been doing a bit of uh, been bit watching of rugby. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's 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 fantastic. Maybe there's a business there. You know, you could get magpie repellent fashion accessories. Yeah, because <laughs> the kind of DIY the DIY ones. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of. Newish cyclists who look, like to look a bit stylish aren't going to be so keen on that. So maybe, yeah, maybe right. there's something that you could, yeah. Uh, you could, yeah. I don't know. Or ride around with a shotgun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or look like a scarecrow. Dress up as a scarecrow. So that play. Oh, I know a few cyclists who do that. Yeah, yeah. That's just, I know that's just their yeah. natural look, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, magpies. I'm going to have to look that up now. That's that's a theme for a podcast now. It's like strange, um, strange country-specific experiences with animals. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I've got a few. I'll, I'll, well, we'll let's do a podcast on it. I've got a few. <laughs> I'll need to go and do some research, but I want to hear about yours first. But let's save that for um save for, for another one, for another podcast. Yeah. So, Foggy, last week, I I decided, inspired by Mark Beaumont and his Around the World in Eighty Days, which is or in seventy eight and a half days, as it turned out, uh, which um, which is now you can now see as a film documentary on on the GCN Plus. Uh, channel. Um, he he, and he did it a couple of years ago. But he's thrown out this kind of challenge: go off and try it. Go and try and do two hundred and forty miles in a day. And I thought, yeah, 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 I'm up for that. I'll do that. Um, however, it's now dawned on me <laughs> what uh, what that's going to involve. You kind of casually say two hundred and forty miles. Yeah, yeah, I should be able to do that. Um, but that's you know that's a long way. That's going to be it is 15, 15, 16 hours of cycling. My and my longest ride that I've done. So far is about 120 miles, um, yeah. so about half the distance. Half the yeah. distance. I, yeah. That was actually okay. I remember it. It was okay. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't a particular struggle. I was pretty, ha- you know, pleased to be finished it. Um, so that's yeah, 190 kilometers. Um, uh, so yeah, you were looking at yeah, 240 miles, 380 kilometers. I've mm-hmm. done plenty of 100 mile, 160 kilometer rides in my time, but as I say, the maximum is 100. 120 when i did when we, we talked about our longest rides last week and that one on that i did in on mount tide in tenerife that i was yep. sharing was about seven hours it was just it was just a shade under 100 miles but it was obviously the, the climbing part of it would made it really mm. tough um and i was shattered at the end of that so foggy what am i going to do and how do i prepare what sort of route am i going to do and where am i going to do it and how the hell am i going to get through the day well, the first thing I'm going to say to you is a good old Australian saying is, good on you, mate. And then we'll just leave it at that, eh? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'll feel for you now you've committed. Um, I, I would suggest, and I, I know um, a little bit about your, your background, so you've got a pretty good base, but you want to be building up like 12 or 16 weeks, weeks out, something like that. Um, so you, you, you've got a platform, you've already got... Um, you know, foundations in, but it's to build on that. So with you having already completed, you know, quite a few hundred plus um, or 160 plus kilometer rides, um, that's that's a good start point, but you now need to be building on that. Um, and plenty, I don't know how much time you've got to complete it, whether you've got, you know, weeks or months, but certainly you'll be looking at a good 12 to 16 weeks build up on it um, uh, to give yourself plenty of time. And I think, you know, it's, for those sort of distances, they're the sort of distances that are going to break you in terms of phys- the physical and the mental. But you, so you can't be doing that sort of distance in training a lot. It just, it just isn't going to happen. You know, you, you, you can't go and spend 15 hours every week on one particular day training for it. It's just, it just not going to happen. So if you can sort of get to a point where you've topped a couple of um, your longest rides, so you've done 160 before, you know, do 180 or whatever it is, and and then and then hopefully you'll get through the rest of the day on, um, on that. But but again, you, I'd limit how many of those you do, uh, just so you don't go and uh, end up with overuse injuries and stuff before beforehand. Because yeah, okay, cycling's non weight bearing, but uh, the wear and tear on your body over that distance is quite considerable. So I'd suggest that. The other thing I'd suggest as well is in your preparation, and I'm not sure how much you do of this because, it, again, it's personal to everyone, but I'd spend a lot of time over the next few weeks doing uh, stretching. 
um, you know, getting uh, even doing some yoga, um, those sort of classes, but for, but finding some stretches that you you haven't done before, and getting into some of the muscle groups and some of the the, the smaller muscles as well that that potentially are pretty tight from your previous history of cycling and our age. You know, it, it, at the end of the day, we're less elastic. You know, over fifty, so um, I'd spend a bit of time on that definitely. Um, and I'd, I'd also spend a bit of time off the bike as well, looking at maybe if you've got the time to do this, but looking at a bit of core um, stability and strength, because you're probably pretty strong around the core anyway. But I'd, I'd do a bit of balance work and a bit of core work away from the bike just to help you through the day on that, um, just to, to improve that. Um, again, I'd even do a bit of upper body work as well. Um, not nothing massive, just just you know some strength work, some resistance work, some endurance work on the upper body because you're going to get, as you probably know, tired arms, tired shoulders, tired everything. You know, so I'd, I'd spend a bit of time off the bike too. Um, I, I can't emphasize it enough the stretching part of it, you know, and, and that that side of things. Also, again, I've, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but between your longer rides and even your training uh, rides, your shorter training rides, you do just make sure you're getting plenty of rest. You know, recovery time. Um, I don't know if you've seen these. Um, uh, there's, there's they're like uh, sleeves that go over your legs, and they they um, they compress your legs. It's like a compression compression sort of uh, recovery tool. If you can get to any of the um, uh, sports science places or borrow some of them and help, that will help sort of in terms of your recovery as well. Um, even before I'm not, and I'm not talking recovery after the event. I'm specifically talking about recovery from um, uh, from the training up to it, just to make sure you've got good recovery. Um, as we all know, I mean a lot. I, I mean, I, I can tell you the the hundreds of cyclists I know. Not many of them um, social cyclists or recreational cyclists. Um, you know, uh, sports cyclists of our age that actually go and do a lot of stretching. You know, they'll ride a bike and get off it, and that's it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's a that's a, a big piece to it. Yeah, I I do a, I do a bit of core work. I don't do as much as I used to. I have to be honest. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even I hadn't thought of that, but that yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, because you do. I mean, you're in a. And I think the thing as well is about the, getting the position right. I mean, I've had a bike fit, so my position yeah. is. It feels quite comfortable, um, although I do sometimes get, you know, I do sometimes get a bit of shoulder, like, um, ache yep. around the, you know, um, around there when I, towards the end of longer rides. And I, 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 it did occur to me that that, that's something that could become pretty unpleasant over a, um, over a few hours. So I probably, yeah, I probably, may, I maybe need to go to a physio actually and just see if there's some um, solution, uh, yeah, something, yeah, something that I could do around there. I was just thinking as well on your bike, um, and I don't know whether you've ever used them before, but um, uh, if you've got the opportunity, put a couple, uh, put some aero bars on, or a, or a set, uh, but set them so you've got a, a, you're not necessarily stuck in an aero position like you would be on a triathlon or whatever. But it just gives you the ability to move your arms or your hands around to something else. So if you've got a long straight bit of road where you don't have to have your hands near the hoods or the brakes or anything like that, just have a a, a different position to give you that relief from the, you know, um, you look at a lot of these um, uh, these uh, enduro riders, the way they set the cockpit up is specifically for that sort of comfort. You know, they'll probably have thicker bar tape. They'll have different, you know, flares on the, 
on the bars themselves, um, so they're not the standard road um, setup, and and other positions as well around the handlebars, so they can actually move around a little bit just to get that comfort. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that kind of going back to Mark Bowman, he's got that set up and I remember him saying as well that one of the reasons that he does it is because when you're in a normal, just with the normal um, bars, um, you quite often tend to get that shoulder shape like that. And obviously what you want is to be, I'm doing like, yeah, it's almost like a pyramid shape (laughs) with your shoulders stooped down and and that's just going to cause, I think that's why I get problems sometime on the bike when I get you know start to get a bit fatigued and you, you hunch yeah. up a bit over the um um over the bars and you need to keep your your shoulder straight don't you and your shoulder yeah. blades back and relaxed and yeah, yeah I could see how you could you could do that more easily on the oh definitely um, yeah on the aer- the aero bars uh, yeah I I did it's kind of going back to the, the 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 training for it I did I did think yeah I'm I am going to have to do some longer longer rides and extend my longest ride and thinking that I need to do a few, maybe certainly 200 plus kilometer rides, maybe even a 250 kilometer ride. But I did, it's interesting that you're saying probably don't do too much more than that. And I was just thinking the same. I think that there's, there's probably not much you can do to, you know, I, 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 you know, build up your fitness. Obviously I'm pretty fit as it is. So it's more, I think for, for me, it feels more about the mental challenge of it. Yeah, definitely. Than the physical, the physical challenge. I mean, the physical, yeah. the physical challenge for me is, is going to be about just keeping myself relaxed and avoiding like really bad aches and pains um, in my upper body. I think more than anything else. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but but just mentally get like you know how how do, how I do you get do, over that? Yeah. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, you you'll understand this because you're a long distance cyclist. But you, your your head gives up before your body. Uh, we all know that, right? So unless you've got some kind of special. Um, brain which there's very few people that can can switch off the pain and can go through these long you know most of them are in the SAS or in the special forces and stuff like that those kind of people that can actually just really block out mentally this the stuff that's going on most of us will will get uncomfortable and then the brain starts to switch off once the brain starts to switch off then you just start you know you give up so the the mental game is going to be harder for you I would imagine because you, you because you are so fit um I mean, there's a few things and tricks I suppose you can start playing with. If you if you're doing this event as a charity event, then obviously there's a massive goal, right? So I've got to do this. I've got to finish this because of the value that's that's in it for the charity, if that makes sense. Um, and it's giving you that that urge to drive on through, you know, whatever niggles and pain that you you start to to come across. Um, I mean, I don't know whether you, I don't know whether it's safe to do this in in the UK these days, but you know, having having some kind of music or podcasts or stuff that you can play on an iPod while you while you you're riding along, so you can distract yourself from that, um, uh, you know, from the physical side of things. Um, because that, I mean, the, the trick in your brain is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's trying to distract yourself from that. Um, as soon as you start thinking of that little niggle in your left knee. You know, and it'll just keep getting worse and worse. So to be able to switch off from that, think about something else, look at the countryside, whatever, you know, um, think good thoughts. But that's really hard to do. And that's actually part of the training, you know, is, you know, any any sort of high-performing athletes, they actually have mental skills coaches. You know, they, 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 they have people that are there to help them through um, through that process because often, you know, the fitness is built. The, the, the edge is going to be the mental side of things. Yeah, you know, the sort of... So um, maybe I don't know. Maybe even have a chat with if you know somebody in, in that game that can help you with some 
with some of those um, uh, special techniques that they use for you know, switching on and off. Yeah, there's a guy. There's a guy in my club actually. I'm just thinking about it just now. Who does um, these ultra efforts? He did a 24 yeah. hour ride. I um, yeah, must be a year and a half ago now. Um, so I'm gonna yeah, I'll message him and see. Yeah, see if he's got any good, advice. good advice. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's got uh, as well. I, I mean, one of the things that I do, uh, although obviously there's a different scale in in um, uh, some rides and kind of longer sessions, longer training sessions that I've done, is to break it down. So I've got yeah. like if I've got a hard interval session on the turbo, say that's maybe a couple of hours, <clears throat> then <clears throat> I I only I don't think beyond the interval that's coming up. So yeah, I, my right. mind starts to yeah. think about what's going towards the end. I just stop. I say like no, I just yeah. concentrate on this interval only focus on that and then the time just flies and you get and you get through it so what i was thinking about with the route was it was um to try and pick out try and choose a route that's got some landmarks in it and quite a lot of landmarks in it and maybe maybe break it down into something like half a dozen maybe eight or so different like so you know first thing is getting to this particular place and it might be somewhere interesting somewhere that's got um and that just so you're then thinking about that as you know more almost more than the, yep. the ride itself. So that so that's yep. yeah, little, the little the brain bit. Yeah, absolutely. Little yeah. destinations on the way, and and yeah. you know if you if you're if the way you can plan the route is that it's around some you know stunning countryside um, with those distractions. You know, so you can look at the cows in the field, you can look at the sheep, you can just get your brain to look at other things. Um, you know, because solo riding is painful. I mean, I do, it, it, you know, I've seen a lot of these, um, the riders here that do the Tour Aotearoa, which means they come in 3,000 kilometres down the down the two islands of New Zealand. And they're not necessarily doing the distance you're doing. They're doing about 100 kilometres a day, but it's the repeat, 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 repeat. And mm. so, you know, it's that being able to mentally get up in the morning, having not had much recovery time at all, and often not enough sleep to get back onto it. And it's that mental determination, you know, and the, the, the route that they have is pretty spectacular, to be honest. So they can, there's a lot of distractions on the way to, to, to look at stuff, but that's it. Little destinations, yeah. you know, you've got the little chunks of the ride, little destinations as you go, uh, where am I going to an extra ride? Well, I'm off to Ipswich or wherever, you know, I'm, I'm in, oh, I don't even know that's yeah. anywhere near you, but. <laughs> yeah, it's not too, it's not too, too far, far away. Um, yeah, I, so I'm, so there's a couple of things in my mind with it about it. One, one, one is, should I go somewhere? Well, the, well, I'm thinking of doing it in the, the summer solstice here because it's yeah. going to it's going to mean you know, which is yeah. yeah yeah. So that's about three months away actually. So it's a good amount of time yeah uh, for me to start to properly prepare for it. Um, and you know, obviously that means that I probably won't get it all in daylight, but you get a good chunk, you know, nearly all of it in in daylight. Um, and I was I was thinking about should I should I actually go down into France or Spain or somewhere where the weather's a bit more predictable, although it'd be a lot hotter. Um, that's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that if you know, provided we can travel by then. So that's an option. Um, the other thing that I thought was going up to doing the doing it up in Scotland because there's this, there's actually a five hundred mile. Yes, that's right. Um, around the around the coast route up yeah. there, around yeah the coastal yeah coastal five hundred. I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah. Coastal five hundred, something like that, um, and doing basically doing half of that and trying to trying to do it do a bit of cheating with it trying to do it the way of the you know the southwesterly prevailing wind is behind to sort of do the do the kind of 
um, that you know going north and then um, east, um, and hopefully it'd have a like a tailwind for most of it. I mean, obviously, if you that's a cool idea. End up with a, yeah. a horrendous uh, headwind for, if the wind is coming in the opposite direction. Uh, but I it guess just made me think. What, yeah. Go, no, sorry, go on. No, I was just saying. I guess that's the only. The only downside of Scotland is is predicting the weather. You know, you, 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 yeah. you're gonna when you get right up on the top, you know, you you're gonna get some changeable weather. That's you know, even in the summer. So yeah, yeah. So I think there's there's something that that's you know, do I go for somewhere where the weather is you know it's pretty it's going to be guaranteed to be nice, but it could be pretty hot. In which case, that brings its own challenges. Or mm. take a bit of a chance with the weather. Um, um, well, what an achievement, mate! Doing it in your in your own country of birth. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yep. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So I yeah, all these things going through going through my head just now. So I need to sit down and and plan it. The 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 final thing is um, fueling. That's going to be the yeah. other the other challenge because I'm yeah I'm not going to be able to carry enough water and food um, to. To, to do the whole thing, I'm going to have to stop and probably get a bit of support as well. I need a bit of planning to yeah. to get some support to do it. But what do you what what in terms of what to eat? Um, That's which, going to be the hard the one best? for you. yeah, because everybody's so different, right? In how their body works. The problem with the with a lot of people is they start taking these kind of sugary snacks with them because they think it's going to um, and it, it will help to a degree, but it's short bursts of energy. It's not it's not sustainable stuff, right? And it, you'll have a you'll have a low after it as well often. So yeah. looking at that really good um, high high carbohydrate stuff, but the good carbs, you know, not the not the, the bad carbs. Um, you know, obviously you're going to do try a little bit of that carbo loading the night before and eating as much as you can to get that on board. I would make sure um, before I start a ride like that, that and I, I can give you a tip of one of the, one of the guys that used to race here is if he was racing, most of the races he did um, would start at eight o'clock in the morning. So he'd get up at five, have a good breakfast, go back to sleep for, for an hour or two and then get up. And he's also, he'd got some more fuel in him um, partway through the night, I guess it's, it's that, that time. So rather than the body sort of getting rid of it all overnight, but, you know, you've got to start off with uh, um, the right breakfast for you and a good one. Um, you've got to get the right bars or the right, um, you know, the right the right sort of food to, that you can carry on a, a, your top tube or in your back pockets or wherever. You know, there's, there's plenty of things now, the lightweight bags you can put on the bike anyway to, uh, to carry more than you would do on a normal ride. Um, your, your water's going to be a bit of an issue because the weight of that and how much you can carry. Actually, um, uh, you know, these long-distance sort of um, enduro multi-sporters and that, they, you can get those dual um, holders underneath the back of the seat. So you could probably put two bottles, uh, potentially two bottles in your frame, two bottles behind your seat. So there's, you could carry a bit more if you didn't mind the weight. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, and what I wouldn't do as well is uh, you've got three months or so, but I would, I would... I'd experiment early on with what's what's best sort of um, nutrition for you, and, and and maybe a month out, leave it. Don't 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 mess around anymore with that. So you know what works. You know what what what's what you know what's going to keep you less hungry. Um, if that makes sense, and yeah, I, I can't does. give you a, a, yeah. you know a defined what food works for you because it, it's got a everybody's body's different. Um, yeah, yeah. What I've what I've noticed is. Is that so? When I when I when I, when I race, obviously you're not you're you know you're doing a race, so you've not got 
time, and they're not like the professional races. They're the you know, it's like maximum two hours, two and a yeah. half hours or so. Yeah. Um, but long enough that you still need to fuel to yeah. be able to 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 do well at it. And I just use gels there because they're just so easy to yeah popping them um, yeah. get in get into you know um uh, you know when you're putting in an effort or whatever or, or there's a bit of a lull in the in the race and you can just quickly slam in a gel yeah. um and I and I use the you know I'll in the bottle I'll have the um isotonic stuff in it but boy does that you know. I end of two and a half hours. You don't want any more of that. It's pretty. No, it's, it's pretty. Really it's nice. too sugary. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, so I, I, I would probably. I'm thinking that I would probably take some gels as a just in case measure. Yeah, definitely. If I just yeah. needed a, you know, like a, almost instant energy. If I was really fading, then maybe a gel would just help to kind of pick me up a bit. But I, I, I remember doing some rides a few years ago where I took sandwiches. Yeah, with no me. reason why you can't. And yeah. um, and they and I, re- I really enjoyed it because I think it's just some of that combination, like, like of, you know, a cheese sandwich or a ham yeah. sandwich or something like that. It's just a good with a bit of butter in it. It's just a good combination because it tastes nice. Yeah. Um, relatively easy to eat on the bike, and it's got all the right in- ingredients in it as well. And obviously, it's got, so you get a bit of instant. Um, yeah from some of those ingredients, but actually for the next hour or so, yeah, it's just gently releasing its energy into your yeah, body. Right. And it's a, it, yeah. I mean, if that works for you, that, that's a great idea. And, uh, but you see, the thing is with this is you're not going to be flat tack racing, right? So it's not like you're going to be eating a sandwich and then spewing up afterwards because you, the, you're yeah. at race pace. You're going to be cruising pace, right? There's no way you're going to sustain 380 kilometers at race pace. So you're going to cruise cruising pace. So you've got more time to eat. You've got more time to, to get that on board. I mean, if you can figure out a way of carrying without making it excessive weight, that's going to be the issue because you'll be using more energy with a, with a heavy load anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, there's plenty of products out there as well as even you know some of these. Um, I mean, I, I've I've had them before. I can't even remember the name of them now, but they're a bit more of a solid bar, and they've got a lot of decent carbohydrates in there rather than just the sugary stuff. So you can you can nibble away on one of them, and it'll give you quite a uh, you know quite a decent range of energy from it. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be, I mean, obviously you're going to need the electrolyte stuff and what have you, but you, you make sure you've got plenty of water. I mean, there's people, I see people making mistakes is where they just, they'll have two bottles on the bike and both of them are filled with that sugary sort of, uh, stuff, which I just, I can't stand it. It just, you know, as a, as a bit of a boost, yeah, great, but it, it sticks with you and it's, it, I, I find it makes me thirsty and if you haven't got enough water to water it down, that kind of thing. So i make sure you've got, uh, you know, plenty of water uh, on top of that. Um, where you get your support from and how you set that up, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, I don't know whether you've got those support crew that can help you. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I could get, and, and I think that probably will limit where I can go and do it because obviously you need to have somebody there to somebody feed you. Yeah. There. I, mean, I mean, the alternative is that I, I could just pick out a route where I know that I can just stop at a shop and buy, um, you know, but mind you, I suppose I could probably. I, this is why. This is why I need to sit down and work out. Can I carry all the food? It's more about water, isn't it? It's probably, yeah, it's, it's water's the issue. About, yeah, if yeah. you're going through towns, there's always going to be somewhere you can grab water. You know, yeah, I don't know whether yeah. they charge for water in England these days, but no. <laughs> you know, not the yet. Water, not yet. Water out of a tap. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, so yeah, I guess you've got to be a little bit careful about if you're in the middle of nowhere and drinking water out of streams that you don't know what's in it, but. Yeah, but, you know, but so up in the you know when you're up in Scotland, I'm sure there's plenty. Uh, even when they're in the sort of more wilderness places, there'll be streams that are okay. Um, as worst case scenario, you're not going to get dysentery or something from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Although I yeah, remember I, I, from I, my um, backpacking yeah. days and when I was a youngster up in up in Scotland, is that whenever you drink out a stream, just walk up the stream for a hundred yards yeah. and check there's not a dead sheep. That's right. <laughs> further up, and and then yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. That's right because water, the, you know, streams clear themselves. I mean, what 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 mm. causes problems for streams is, is humans, isn't it? We, we pollute them. Yeah. Um, but up in the high country. Um, I filled up from lakes in New Zealand, but we don't. Have, I mean, it's obviously it's a little bit more wilderness in the places I've done it, and it's been lovely tasting water and not had a problem. Yeah. But you, I think you know, there's enough places around the UK, Scotland, wherever you talk, you know, England, whatever you decide to do, where you can fill up. That is going to be the biggest one, I think. Um, I'd also have your setup for when you finish in terms of what your nutrition is when you finish it because you know you know what it's like when you've done your long races and your long rides you're craving sugar right that'll be the first thing you'll want um, it's getting uh, glucose syrup into your some you know um, jelly beans or whatever um, And but have someone on standby with some massive pizzas <laughs> the thing thing is which is absolutely I'm absolutely right I, I remember from um, the longer rides that i've done that you're pretty shattered at the end of it and i yeah. actually find yeah you do you have a kind of immediate urge for something to eat but then usually you just want to collapse yeah somewhere whereas actually trying to get some decent food down you straight away is just going to make the yeah. you know the next few days after that much more pleasant well if you, if you watch the elite you know in a, in a stage you know a, sorry a, a stage race um over many days and uh, the, you know at the end of a 200 kilometer uh, flat out race their bodies are craving um, you know sugar and stuff so they, they they usually get you know some kind of jelly beans or airplanes or whatever they call them down their necks and then they'll go for big fat pizzas because they're craving fats and they're craving all that kind of stuff and then they'll go for the massages and then they'll go and eat properly because yeah. they've used they've burnt up everything so um, that's another thing you, you probably need to try and figure out as well is that your, your post ride because if you are up in the Scotland and you've got a bit of a drive afterwards you're going to think about how you're going to cramp up and you know what the muscles are going to be doing after that distance so is having the right nutrition at the end but also maybe you saw, um, a setup somehow you can get a massage of some sort or, or recovery um, the recovery sleeves on your legs that sort of thing so they put that pressure back in um, yeah. so you know that um, the pressure the pressure sleeve thing I can't even remember the name of them but they, there's a guy over here who uses them regularly and one of the coaches and they work really well. Okay, I'll go, I'll, I'll go have a, have a look, look at that up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic, Foggy. Lots of really good advice for me. So I, so my homework now is to come up with a plan. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do that over the next couple of weeks. And yeah, let's let's in, let's pick this up again in one of the yeah, next podcasts and I'll share the plan and see what you think about it. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, and, and okay. good luck with it, mate. I, 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 I'm in awe of it. I, you know, I, I think he's going to do some great stuff. But yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a few moments of doubt about it, but uh, <laughs> but I can't no, get out of it now. Positive, to it. Yeah. positive mindset. Yeah, positive. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah, what, so what are you up to the next few days? Uh, well, right. So wife's birthday tomorrow. We're off. Uh, down to Dunedin. Happy birthday, Mrs. Foggy. Yeah, she's 51, but she wouldn't like me telling the world that. Um, <laughs> a youngster, yeah. a youngster. Uh, she's a youngster, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're going to see the, the two kids down in Dunedin University, um, take them out for a meal, and then we've got a couple of days riding. Um, 
uh, down well one day down in Dunedin on the Otago Peninsula and then we're gonna we're gonna we haven't actually ever finished the Otago Rail Trail so we're gonna do the last 60 kilometers of that on Monday morning uh, just for because it's a, a, a public holiday on for us on Monday so that's it that's the next few days sorted out and then back to work work yourself uh, training yeah, for your so, 240 mile run yeah yeah yeah, I've got um, get out this this weekend, get some get some longer rides in. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out for a ride on Sunday and head over to Box Hill, which is right. kind of famous climb um, in the in the UK. Not it's not a tough climb by any means, but it's kind of really well known. It was used in the Olympic Games yeah, road race. In I, I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's and it's got it's got a couple of switchbacks in it, so it's a bit unusual for a UK hill yeah. having that um, that style, but it's. Um, yeah, so, but that's not going to be very far. That, that will only be a 100-kilometre ride, so it'll be an absolute mm. breeze compared to, to what's <laughs> what I've got myself into. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, what's, to what's coming. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, nice. yeah, so thanks, okay. Fogie. Really no appreciate worries. your advice. Um, and um, have a great weekend. Enjoy your, your yeah. trip and your, and your riding. And thanks to everyone for listening. Yeah, goodbye, everyone.